Hello, 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 and welcome back to another session of Soapbox Musings. Um, I will be uploading a regular podcast either today or tomorrow. Well, I'll say within the next three days, I should have that up. Um, Today, we are going to go over some things that I see in the news, and it always kind of like has six degrees of separation of something that I've studied or looked over or something that has been mentioned on a prior podcast. So, that's what these are. This is the second um, episode of Soapbox Musings, and I hope you enjoy and I hope you get something out of it. The first story today is going to be about the Plaza Hotel Aster Suite. Now, I'm actually going to read a little bit from the article so you can get a little bit more of a background about what I'm talking about and how it's going to connect. This was, like I said, in the Daily News, and it says, Fit for a former king, Plaza Hotel's iconic Aster Suite that has housed the likes of JFK, John Jacob Astor, and Edward VIII, and Wallace Simpson is back on the market for a loss at $20 million. This suite has housed former U.S. presidents, real estate moguls, and members of the British royal family. It is listed as one of the most well-known homes in America and the finest in the world-renowned plaza. The 4,299-square-foot, four-bedroom, four-and-a-half-bath residence overlooks Central Park and Fifth Avenue. That reminds me, I need to talk about Central Park, too. Um, but let me keep going. The property was formerly listed at $39,500,000 in 2017, but is now available for $19,950,000. The property is currently owned by Esprit founder, Jurgen Friedrich, who brought the suite in 2007 for $25.5 million. Okay. First of all, you may be like, so what, Ren? Who cares? Well, you have to look at the names that are in there. We know JFK. We know who that is. We're going to talk about him at a later date when we get more into civil rights and when I talk about the Federal Reserve and assassinations and things like that. Um, Edward VIII and Wallace Simpson, we're going to deal with them at a later date as well. But John Jacob Astor is the one that stood out for me right at that particular uh, time. And that is because the Astors are one of the Illuminati families, one of the 13. And those families are the Astor... Bundy, Collins, Rockefeller, Rothschild, Freeman, Van Doyne, DuPont, Lee, Kennedy, Russell, and Merovingian. Those are called the serpent seeds. These people admit this about themselves, that they are endowed with the seed of the serpent. They control politics finance, education, wars, trade, and the media. Technically, they control everything. They also lead up to the Council of 13, which we're also going to get into at a later date. But getting back to John Jacob Astor, um, he was one of the world's richest men. And uh, this man was actually on the Titanic. He was on the Titanic when the Titanic went down. Him along with uh, Guggenheimer and the owner of uh, of Macy's, he was on the boat as well. Now it is said that the boat was sank on purpose to keep John Jacob from blocking the Rockefellers and J.P. Morgan from 
forming the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is where our money comes from. The average person thinks that the Federal Reserve is controlled by the federal government. It isn't. It is a privately owned establishment by those families. Well, what families are we talking about? Well, they have German roots, okay? And these people, well, this particular person, he was a real estate investor. He was a merchant and he got rich by monopolizing the fur trade. Yes, monopolizing the fur trade. Now, when that started to go down, when fur was not in uh, demand, he moved on over to peddling dope, opium in particular to China. So he was a dope dealer. And then he actually bought real estate in the New York area, which made him a multimillionaire many times over. Actually, he was the first multimillionaire in the United States. He's also the namesake of the Waldorf Astoria, which you can see in Coming to America, the first one. That's the big hotel that uh, the the king and the queen stayed in. Um, The uh, Waldorf part, they were actually two hotels in the beginning. The Waldorf was actually owned by his cousin. They put them together, and here we have the Waldorf Astoria, which is known as one of the most luxurious hotels in the world. The first one was located where the Empire State Building is. It was torn down, and the Empire State Building was built over that. Um, now, Frank Sinatra had a suite on call from 1979 to 1988. Remember, he keeps showing his uh, face, too, because... He was included with the Jack Daniels. Remember, he was buried with Jack Daniels and a package of cigarettes. Um, Now, the Waldorf, that name actually comes from a German town that the family originated from. Now you can see how big a part roots your heritage plays in your business. It's very serious for you. You actually name things after it so you can have pay homage to it. So when you have a group of people who cannot do that, what do you think that does to them psychologically and mentally when they have nothing to claim as their own? I don't want to go too far into that. I just want you to see how important heritage is. And with that, as far as heritage goes, that's really going to segue us into our next um, subject. Who we have right now is Army Hammer. Um, he was the guy that played the slave master in Birth of a Nation with Nate Parker. And he also played Billy Graham in Billy the early years. So I'm going to read a little bit of a article about him so we can find out why we're talking about him in the first place. Army Hammer's Hollywood career is in free fall as sex scandal explodes on social media. The new year kicked off with what will likely be the most bizarre celebrity story of 2021. Army Hammer, the genetically blessed movie star of Call Me By Your Name and the social network fame and heir to the Hammer family oil fortune began trending online for being a cannibal. It says Hammer is not a cannibal. Okay. But nevertheless, he has been accused of certain things. Um, They said that he's even sent them messages. And let me read that right there. The messages allegedly sent by Hammer describe rape fantasies. One of Hammer's exes told a tabloid the actor wanted to barbecue and eat her rib. 
Another ex said in a media interview that he carved his initial into her skin on her pelvis, engaging in knife play in the bedroom. Now, now as soon as he pulled out that knife and I don't have no clothes on, we got a problem. Why are you still there? But that's neither here nor there. Now, I talked about, I'm talking about him to show the connections of this old money. Uh, we just talked about the fact that he has been accused of cannibalism and the like. Now, his father, we're going to talk about where he came from. Now, he's one of those uh, examples of generational wealth. When we're told that we shouldn't receive reparations because what difference does it make? This is a prime example of what difference it makes. His great-great-grandfather owns and started the oil company. And now today, his great-great-grandson is rich and doesn't have to beg anybody to be in another movie for the rest of his life because of it being passed down. The generational wealth being passed down. So when you tell me no about reparations, you're denying me my general, my uh, generational uh, wealth, my inheritance. Because every parent works that their children will have a better life. You want your life to be better, but your main thing is, I don't want my kids to have to go through what I went through. I want to do this so whatever my kids want something, I'm able to get it. Now, it's up to me if I say yes or no, but money isn't the reason that I have to tell my child no. Did he do it or not? I'm not, I don't know. It's a possibility because we know there's a lot of dirty stuff going on in Hollywood. And when I do the podcast on that, that is going to be explicit. It's going to be for grownups only. I'm not going to be doing cussing or nothing like that, but we're going to be talking about some really heavy subjects and we can't mince. We have to say what it is. Now, let's talk about his bloodline a little bit. Now, his father, who was Michael Armenhammer, owned the Occidental Petroleum Corporation. Okay. In other words, that's that oil money. That's owl. Okay. That's that owl. That's that old money. That's what you call, back in the day, they used to be called oil tycoons. Okay, you don't really hear that too much. But anyway, they were number 167 on the Fortune 500 list. Now, remember we talked about the Fortune 500 um, from Watch Your Mouth, what fortune comes from. Fortuna, the goddess of good luck. Now, his background is Ukrainian, Jewish, Russian. When I get into nationalities, we're going to find out, is that the same thing? Is it different? Is it three different things? Is it two different things? Or is it just one thing with the same name? What is it? Who are you? Um, we're going to find those things out and we're going to start understanding how the bloodline works. These companies usually have their tentacles in places that you would never think to look. This particular company has ties with Oral Roberts University. And I'm, you know, whatever your opinion is on Oral Roberts, that's that's on you. Because a lot of that is still founded on white supremacy. I'm just going to say what it is. Now, moving on to something else that has to do with uh, the Hammers. His grandfather owned Armin Hammer. I know his name sounds like Army Hammer, but his grandfather actually owned Armin Hammer baking soda. 
Was it named after them? No, it wasn't named after them. It was named after Arm and Hammer after the god Vulcan. Remember, we talked about him too. The god of fireworking and forging. We talked about him. So you see how these things are connected. Okay. Now, yes, Army Hammer and Arm and Hammer does sound alike. It does sound alike. And people used to ask him, do you own that company? Well, they asked him so much. And when you have so much money and you are full of yourself, well, let me just go buy the company. Well, the company refused to let him buy. Now we know with oil companies, oil companies always have holdings. They always have different companies under them. Well, guess what? One of his companies owned major stock in the company that owned Arm and Hammer. So guess what? He got to own it in the last anyway. So he had the last laugh. Now, that would not be something that would be known to the public. But as I was speaking, when I was talking about capitalism, a lot of times things that are done in business has nothing to do with the public that they're selling to. They have their own personal rivalries. Remember when I talked about uh, the soda or the beer? They would make a 20 ounce and sell it for a dollar just to beat you out of your 16 ounce that you sell for a dollar. It's not about the money. It's about putting you out of business. It's about monopolizing. It's about owning. It's about crushing everything else. This is a characteristic. They can't live and let live. They have to own and basically keep you under their foot. Moving on. Now in the continent of Africa and South America, South and Southwest Asia and the Arabia continent, we're going to start seeing uh, some famine situations because they have been dealing with locust plagues since June of 2019. We're not talking about here or there. We're talking about to the point of it's destroying their food, that they are going to have a shortage. Um, And they are really worried about it. But we know this is one of the things that has to happen. These are the things that the Bible told us was going to happen. There's going to be famine. There's going to be a famine of food. And there's going to be a famine of the truth uh, uh, and the word. So, with that, um, also the, in the natural disasters, also there was a eru- an eruption of a volcano in Iceland. And also a 7.1 quake in China. And they were on on the lookout for a tsunami after that. Now, speaking of China, they are reporting a rise in hate crimes. This is no coincidence. Uh, And they're trying to make the black community the culprit. But that backfired when this uh, situation happened at the massage parlors. We saw that the main culprit is of Caucasian. They have been in our communities for over 60 years. 
So why would we wait until now to do that? Okay. Now, they themselves have admitted that it's been since the pandemic, which means it's because they are being accused of bringing the virus here. That's neither here nor there because the most high is in control of wherever that virus is at. So it doesn't matter who started it, who in it, it doesn't even matter. The most high is in control of it. Don't you think if they could control it, they would? But that let me get back to this. But anyway, they've been in our uh, community for over 60 years. And this is the thing, it's not by happenstance, it is by design. They have come into our community and monopolized the hair industry. We can't even purchase these items if you wanted to. These companies will not sell to you if you are not Asian. Okay, now this has been happening for years and they purposely cut us out of the own, the market that we are the biggest consumer. We're approximately, they say 15% of the population, but we spend over 80% of the money that is spent in the hair industry concerning relaxers and hair extensions. Now, uh, getting back to that and the way that they did it, the United States and China basically came together and banned the import of the raw materials that it takes to make wigs and wig pieces. So that means nobody here in the United States can have a factory to produce wigs. And if we're the largest consumer, we would probably be the largest producer, but we have to cut you out. So with that, that means only in Asia, the Asian countries, are they able to have production of wigs. I'm not saying that we can't make wigs. We have people here that make wigs, but if you want a factory to actually have some sort of distribution to actually compete, then that's what you're locked out of. Now over there, they also, since we can't get the hair, that cuts everything. You can't make the wigs, you can't make the weave. The hair goes on a weft to make a weave. You can't even do that. I worked in a beauty supply store for approximately a total of eight to 10 years. I know for a fact they do not sell outside of the Asian community. I know that for a fact, okay? Now I was there before I came into the truth. I knew about certain things, but like I said, this was over 20 years ago, more than likely. And that's, that's the way that it is. So we have been being completely cut, cut out of this industry. And now you want to say that it's us attacking you? We would have been attacking you long before that. This was a ploy to make us the scapegoat of this. They're looking for something to rile us up because we're awful quiet right now. We're waiting on something. I know it's going to get cracking with the George uh, Floyd. I know it's going to get cracking with that. But as far as spiritually, they know we're awakening and they know that it means certain things for them. But also, China knows this as well. Remember, we talked about this in Psalms 83. The whole world is in confederation. So they're in with it too. Asia has joined in with Babylon to cause our demise, to cut us out, to leave us on the bottom. Now back to the United States. This is a quote from a headline and deadline breaking uh, Hollywood news. Well, and it was also in Daily Mail and also in Fox News. Um, It is said that, uh, this was said by President Biden, local 
preachers, ministers, doctors, and priests can do a better job of basically convincing us to take the vaccine more than anybody else. Now, if that sounds familiar, it should sound familiar because on my very first Soapbox Musings, I talked about Margaret Sanger and how this was a, a method employed to get into our community to convince us to have abortions to kill our children for Planned Parenthood. This is the same technique. It's just with something else. Um, then they said the ministers, the local doctors, because these are the trusted people in the black community. So once again, you have to pay attention to what's being said and what's being done. And you do have to know what happened in the past to know when it's happening again. And with that, join me on my next podcast, which is Bible Days E23, when we're going to start discovering what the curses really mean and do they apply to us? Because they apply to somebody because he said it was going to be a sign for his people. It's going to be stuck to them. No matter where they go, no matter what they do, these signs are going to be stuck to them so that the world will know and they will be able to recognize that they are. Join me on the next podcast. Love you. Bye-bye.